I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about Batman a Batman podcast. Uh, what did you want me to say in this part? It's a show! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I am a podcast. Whoa! Hey! Interviews with fans and people. Hey guys, welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an audio variety show for your ears based on the legendary 1990s cartoon Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, Wolverine Claws for Cultists. Are you a brainwashed lunatic who always wanted adamantium but hated the Weapon X program? Then try Wolverine Claws for Cultists. They're claws! Welcome to Season 2, you guys. In case you didn't realize it, we are now part of the Feral Audio Network. So when you're done with this, check out the other great shows. Some of my favorites are Teen Creeps and Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Now, for you longtime listeners, the format has changed slightly. Each Batman episode will be broken up between two podcast episodes. The first part, like today's, will feature an interview with a fan, and that'll always drop on a Thursday. Then, the following Tuesday, the second interview will drop, featuring a cast or crew member from Batman the Animated Series to talk about their experience working on the show. And the podcast will continue weekly every Thursday, Tuesday after that. You'll catch on. It'll be great. Anyway... Here we are. We're talking about an episode, and today we're going to be diving into a new Batman adventures with Batman fan Travis Mydell, aka the man behind the Instagram account Saturday Morning Batman. But first, a little background for today's episode, Cult of the Cat. After stealing a gold cat statuette, Catwoman finds herself tracked and eventually caught by a cat-worshipping cult. Their plan? Use Batman as a tasty sacrificial initiation to their mascot, a gigantic, genetically modified saber-tooth cat. Story by Paul Dini and Stan Berkowitz, written by Stan Berkowitz, directed by Butch Lukic, music by Christopher Carter, with animation by Coco slash Dong Yang. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman, Bob Hastings as Gordon, Adrian Barbeau as Catwoman slash Selina Kyle, Scott Cleverden as Thomas Blake, Jim Piddock as Martin, and Tasha Valenza as female cultist. All right, let's get to that interview with... Today's fan, Travis Mydell. So I met Travis last year at Comic-Con because he was a fan of this very podcast, and we've become fast friends since. Uh, he created one of my favorite Instagram accounts, at Saturday Morning Batman, as well as the companion Twitter account, Saturday Batman, which I highly recommend both for a daily dose of kind of animated history and commentary. But without further ado, let's get to that interview. And we're back with another episode of Batman the Animated Podcast. I said we're back like we were on a news show. I feel like we were like jumped right into that. 
Here we go. We're back. I brought a very weird energy, uh, <laughs> much less casual than five seconds ago. I was like, so it's going to be pretty chill. We'll talk about Batman. And we're back, Travis. <laughs> so I'm sitting across a lounge. <laughs> Looks like a lounge room uh, with Travis Mydell, who is here to talk about the episode Cult of the Cat. But first, how are you? I'm doing great. I have to admit, though, I'm a little sad that we weren't meeting in your closet. I know. The, I, well, I even the say famous Riddler once lived. <laughs> oh, the Riddler! This the was Riddler. back in the days of when I used to have character bits on this show that were yeah. tangentially related to <laughs> Batman the Animated I liked, Series. I liked your character. The Mayor bits. Podcasts, Drew Tarver. Hmm. Yeah, good times. Some complaints in the old <laughs> iTunes, but it wasn't the complaints that stopped uh, me. No, it was the amount of effort and time it took to record new sketch comedy audio characters every, every episode week. Yeah, I uh, imagine. Well, we met in a pretty fun way. I think maybe two years ago? We met a year ago? One year ago, almost exactly. To That's day. crazy. Yeah, at Comic-Con in 2000 and year ago. I was hawking my wares at the Feral Audio booth talking mm-hmm. about my other podcast before you were funny, but you came up as a fan of Batman the Animated Podcast. Yep. And I like, it was a actually like a super weird thing because I like, it was a really big deal to find your time and everything. And so I kept telling my brothers like, we can't do anything at four. That's when Justin's at his, at his table from like four to four 30. And I got to go swarmed by nobody. It's going to be like crowded (laughs) as it can be. So like, I I, like, we like were waiting in a line and it was like three 45. And I was like, man, I got to I got to step out of the line. I'm sorry. So it was, I was pretty devoted to come and see We're giving away cars in this room. And then I just got over there and like awkwardly mumbled for like 10 minutes and walked away basically. And I was like, well, that was that. So No, that was great. That made my booth experience. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Well, just That's to good. meet people who listen to the show in real life is a weird thing. And it was the least weird version of that. It's like, now we're buddies. <laughs> That's good to hear because I felt like it was super weird <laughs> from my side. Like, I felt like I was just like, I just really like your show. And uh... <sighs> you did use that weird sweaty voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd been carrying a backpack all day. <laughs> so Who hasn't? I've worn it on the front at Comic-Con. Yeah. Your back hurts. That is true. So since then, you've started a pretty damn successful Batman Instagram account. Yeah, I'd say fairly successful on the scale. Saturday Morning Batman. Yep, at Saturday Morning Batman on Instagram. We're now up to 3,500 followers, I think, which is pretty good, actually. I was hoping for like 100 when I started it, so... um, There was a a podcast. There was an Instagram account called Cult of the Batman, do you ever follow that guy? No. What's up with that one? It was a really cool account. He's actually stopped it now. He did like, it was like from 2008 to, to I think he started in 2008 and he went till last year sometime. He did like eight years or something, but he like stopped it, but he was a really great, like he would just post pictures and he had an amazing collection and stuff. And so um, I kind of like used him and you as like influence and kind of like merged the two together with like kind of taking what he was doing with like posting kind of things in my collection and what you were doing with talking about Batman and animation and kind of like merged them to create Saturday Morning Batman. And the idea behind it was that every every post would be about some form of Batman and animation. So it would be the animated series, but it would also be Super Friends or it could be the Batman from 2004, Brave and the Bold where the Batman, any of those, or any of the movies. And so, like, that was kind of the rules I set for myself when I was doing it. And then I just kind of, like, worked with... I talked to you a little bit, and I talked to this cult of the Batman guy, and he he was kind enough to, like, 
pimp me on his page once. Like he was like, oh, you guys check out this guy. And it was like that day I went from like 30 followers where I'd been sitting for like two months to like 1500, like pretty much in a day. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause he had, I gotta like, get this cult of the Batman guy talking about the animated podcast, he's, baby. He's, he's retired now. He like left the Instagram. Like it was a sad day. So his, his page is still there. It's like immortalized, but he doesn't update it anymore. Yeah. He should come back just to promote my thing. Just to come back one time and be like, Hey everybody. <laughs> Yeah, he has like 70, or at the time he had like 75,000 followers Holy or something. Holy shit. Yeah, it was crazy. So when he, like, I, I didn't know when he was going to mention me on his page. He's like, oh, I'll just do it sometime. And then one day, all of a sudden, it was like, my phone was just like, I had to like turn off notifications because there was so many followers coming so quickly. That happened to me once, and it was an accident because my Twitter handle is at HeyJustin, and that's what sometimes people use to contact Justin Bieber. And <laughs> some Brazilian account, a fan account of Justin Bieber's, posted that that was his Twitter handle. So I just got a flood of thousands of tweets at wow. me uh, in multiple languages asking Justin Bieber-related things. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, cool story, cool Batman-related story. <laughs> well, someone once thought I was the lead singer of the band Fun. The dude with the glasses from Fun, which I didn't, I don't know that band. I don't know that band. They like Sounds approached, fun. They approached me on the street and asked for like an autograph, and I was walking with uh, my art director partner for work, and he was like, uh, "Please don't talk to me. He's very busy right now." <laughs> Pushed him away, and so they, to this day, I think they still thought they genuinely talked to the lead singer of Fun. You so. know why? Why ruin that experience for <laughs> yeah, him? Yeah, exactly. Why ruin the magic? So. Well, let's anyway. talk Batman. That's why you're here. Yeah, you're wearing your here. Bat manga shirt. I, know, I wore my Batman shirt. One of my 30 Batman t-shirts. I, I mean, have. it's a good one. It's one of my favorites, actually. And I spilled soy sauce on it, so I can only wear it to things like this now. Yeah, but it's so. uniquely you now. Yeah. Hey, he was having sushi one time, so... Um, How did you get into Batman the Animated Series? How old were you when it came out? What was your experience when you first saw it? What do you remember? So... Batman the Animated, so I was into Batman, I got into Batman in 1992 with Batman Returns. I had seen Batman the 89 one, but I was only five, so I was born in 84, so I was like five, so I enjoyed it, but I didn't like, like I didn't really understand, and then by the time 92 rolled around, I was like knee deep, like I cut out the, in the newspaper, they have the pictures of the posters, I cut it out and like put tape all over it so it would stay forever, and then like had it in like the, had it on my wall and stuff, like framed up. Uh, I was so into Batman Returns, I couldn't, I was amazed. And then the animated series like followed shortly after that. And so that was when I got into the animated series and I was into that and I watched every episode basically um, on when it premiered on Sundays and then when it shifted to the weekdays. And then when it, um, like around 97, when they did the revamp to the new Batman Adventures, mm -hmm. I just got even more into it. Like that, like it, the revamp, like, even though now as an adult, I might, I appreciate the animation style of the original series more. When they went to the new adventure style, like I was crazy in love with it at the time. Like I love the style, I love the changes. So I was all over that and all over like the Batman Superman movie that they did. And they had a contest that was like, um, you had to write in this little page, like half paragraph of like, if you were Commissioner Gordon, what would you do? Or something like that effect. This was an animated series based contest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the grand and the and the grand prize was like a chance to go ride in the Batmobile from like uh, Batman Forever, I think. 
And but the one of the runner up prizes was a VHS copy of the Batman Superman movie. And I won it with my with my write up of I won it. Well, I'm sure I was one of many, but I won a copy of the VHS. So Warner Brothers like sent me a copy of the VHS movie in the like click case, you know, that they clamshell. Yeah, the clamshell. Oh, yeah. And I was so I was so proud of it. It was like it was like it was Saturday morning Batman, like when I was like. 10 i was like it was like i just wrote this like elaborate like if i was commissioner gordon i would do i'd be best friends with batman and i had all these comic references in it and everything and so i won that and nobody ever wins prizes from that i didn't think that existed it's real you win i don't know if anyone ever won the batmobile prize or not to go sit in the batmobile but i won i won an actual i remember getting the the second prize second place it was i actually have i don't know i'll have to dig it up i have the actual ticket that i i kept the ticket that talks about the award shows or about the award show you gotta post uh, that on saturday morning yeah i'll post it up but uh yeah it was like uh I think it was just like the main prize was that, and then everything else is just and chances to win VHS copies of the DVD, or the, the movie. So, so I won that, and then around that time was when I got into the comics too. Like I didn't even know for the longest time that Batman was based off the comics. I just knew him from the movies and the show. And like I was at this store, and I was like, I found a comic, and I was like, they made a comic based off of Batman. Like how? What cool. an original <laughs> animated character that finally got his own comic book spinoff. Yeah. And so I started reading, and that was around the time, if you remember, No Man's Land. Uh huh. It was like 1996. Uh, and so I started there, and then that was when I realized that he came from the comics, and then I just went crazy back cataloging. I bought like every holiday, every birthday, I just asked for more and more Batman books, and so I got like they did this series like Batman in the third or it was Batman in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties that they had. There was a little trade, so I got all those. I got Nightfall. I just started like just getting as much as I could, and then I started. Then I found comic book stores and started going to comic book stores, and from about ninety six on, I've pretty much collected comics like Batman comics every Wednesday. I still, I do it on Comixology now, uh, but I still pretty much pick up every Wednesday. Like I get my comics and read them through the week and stuff and been doing it since. You're the prime candidate for why this cartoon was created. Yeah, basically. I know, serious. I was like the target audience just perfected. Like I love, and I still, I mean, now my collection is to the point where my we have a room in my basement that's solely Batman and it's called the Batcave. Which is an original name I made up. Yeah, myself. weird, interesting. <laughs> Sounds very, familiar. It was but in the basement, and I thought it's kind of one. like a cave, and uh, it's got Batman, and it's been called the Batcave. Uh, but my son, who's five, had his friend over the other day, and I heard him talking, and he's like, "That's my dad's Batcave. He really likes Batman, but we're not allowed to go in there." <laughs> <laughs> so this poor kid wanted to go in and look at all my toys I had in there and all my stuff, and I don't. I let any. I let my son go in there because he knows the rules about not touching. But his friends get your grubby little paws <laughs> get out of my bed, kid. Do not touch that toy, boy. It's for men only. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> well, let's organically transition by me using the phrase organically transition into the episode that we both recently rewatched, Cult of the Cat. I, I wanted to talk to you about this one because I don't run into a lot of people who who like the new Batman adventures who yeah. are roughly the same age. I was born in 86 and I feel like a lot of my friends dropped off after they grew into teenagers. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't remember this episode that well. This one always kind of falls to the wayside. It's a weirder episode. It is. Yes. Um, it's a, it was a story by Paul Dini and Stan Berkowitz, but, uh, Stan Berkowitz wrote it. He did the script. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what did you remember before rewatching the episode? 
so I've just to like set the backstory, I've rewatched Batman the Animated Series in its entirety probably three times, like all the way through. And then I do a handful of episodes like the Mr. Freeze ones and a few of those. I'll do those more often. Yeah, the classics. Cult of the Bat, I mean, Cult of uh, Cat of the Cult, Cult of the Cat was, I like remembered nothing. When you were like, let's do Cult of the Cat, I was like, I don't remember anything about it. I had to like pull it up and look at it. So I remembered next to nothing. And I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it actually. Cause I wasn't, I was like, oh, I must not remember because it must not be. Cause Catwoman has like all the weirdest episodes in the animated series. There's like, a lot of crossovers and, and a one-offs. lot of crossovers. And it's, it's very rarely just Catwoman. It's always Catwoman. It's like they were, I always felt like they were kind of, and I have, I have a theory behind this, which I'll get to, but I always felt like they were kind of afraid with Catwoman to let her be by herself. She always needed, like whether it was Red Claw, my least favorite Batman villain of all time. Kate Mulgrew, is Captain that, Janeway. Is that who the voice is Red Claw? Oh, I had no doing idea. Doing some sort of goofy, or there's some sort of generic like European villain accent, yeah, Eastern yeah. European. The Russian, like the generic Russian type accent. Uh, but like, like, but it was like with Red Claw or like she's that one with Scarface or they had Batgirl where her, but like, and even like, uh, the one from the other one from New Batman Adventures, which, uh, is You Scratch My Back or whatever. It's like a Nightwing, she, Nightwing episode, episode as well. Yeah. Or she just gets turned into a cat by a mad scientist. Yeah. It's like, she always has these really weird yeah, episodes. It's interesting. She doesn't really have a solo episode. She doesn't have a solo episode and her episodes always seem... And, and okay, so I'll get into my theory a little bit as to why I think this is. If you look at Catwoman in the comics, she is like one of the most inconsistent characters as far as like her comic book, um, like what we'd consider like iconic. You know, you can look at like the Joker and he's changed. He's been a clown. He's been a murderer, but he generally stays within a certain thing. Same Penguin, the same thing. Clayface has had a dramatic shift with his first and second iterations, but otherwise he's been mostly the same. But with Catwoman, it's like they never really knew. Like when she first premiered, she was like a lady who wore like an old lady mask and was called the cat and was just a cat burglar. And then she was like a lady in a green dress with an actual like cat mask on. And then she was like the purple dress. And then she became like the skin type purple outfit. And she's like a prostitute. Like she just constantly, they constantly shuffled and changed and tried to refigure out Catwoman. So I think when Bruce Tim was looking at the series, he did this look at like what makes the amateurs so great is he takes each character and basically distills them down to their most iconic version. And that's why we love the show because it's like, oh, that's exactly how Joker is. That's exactly how Penguin is. But with Catwoman, I don't think he could do that. And so I feel like he had to kind of like reinvent the character a little bit. And he did that by pulling a little bit from Batman Returns by making her blonde and giving her that like Michelle Pfeiffer look. And he pulled a little bit from like some of the, the 70s era Catwoman where she's like a little bit of an animal rights activist. I kind of like that version of her. Yeah, the a, animal a rights. A bit more, yeah. Yeah. Because she's usually like sex appeal. Yeah, uh, she, she is. She's definitely highly sexualized. And I mean, like, especially this was spun out of Batman Returns, which is like bondage Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, like they had to like sew her into the suit on set. <laughs> Did they really sew Catwoman. her into the suit? Uh, something like that. Yeah, wow. like it was very hard for her to get out of it. I think she couldn't go to the bathroom at first. They were like, oh yeah, we have to let that happen. <laughs> oh geez. Uh, which apparently happened with George Clooney when he was on the yeah, set of Batman and Robin too. too. Um, hey, she put that canary in her mouth, by the way, for Did realsies really? in Batman Returns. Man. 
That's crazy. Anyway, I was you were so, saying. I, I freaking loved Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie, though. Like, as much as... I I, I I think Batman Returns is a pretty divisive movie. I think it's great. It's my I favorite. Like it. I, I like it. Of those, you know, initial run of Batman Didn't movies. Didn't you get to go to the set, too? Did I remember that from a I did not. Podcast? Somebody else oh, I interviewed went to set when they were a right. kid. I. That's right. Never got to. That would have been pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen to me, though. Sorry to drudge up a memory that never happened No, to no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Anyway, yeah, so Catwoman, yeah. So you, they just, I think they had to make up what they wanted her to be, and I don't think they could really figure it out. So she ends up being this, like, all these different components to her, which leads to, like, her episodes varying from, like, sometimes she's a pretty hardcore thief and into diamonds, and sometimes she's, like, all about saving cats' lives and being very animal rights activist, and sometimes she's being transformed into, like, a giant living cat Yeah, on an island. The crossover between all of them seems to be that, yeah, she's generally untrustworthy, but she's an anti-hero. Yeah. Uh, and sort of a love interest for Batman? Sort of. What a fucked up relationship it's they have. pretty messed up. But I think that, uh, I think, and the funny thing is with that too, I think that, like, the the idea of Batman and Catwoman being super in love really doesn't kick off until, like, Batman Hush in the comics, which is 2003. And so, even when you're looking at this, the most of t- Bruce Tim was basing this relationship of Batman and Catwoman off of is like the 66 show where there's like a little bit of flirtatious and Batman letting her go and just the comics where generally he finds her attracted but and returns they do have that yeah returns they definitely have a little bit of like romance but it's it's not too over the top like now they're like in the comics if you're reading currently Batman just proposed to Catwoman whoa straight up ring and everything so which was kind of romantic because it was the ring from uh Batman number one where she for first premiered she stole a diamond and i guess like in the comic batman's like i couldn't i i loved you so much even then i bought the diamond and turned it into a wedding ring or something it's romantic and also kind of creepy yeah that's thoughtful bruce yeah but anyway so it's like their relationship like now is really transitioned into this very lovey relationship but i don't think that was as strong in the 90s and so i mean catwoman in the comics in the 90s was like i think she was running for mayor in new york city I'm not even joking. I mean, she was, was also like, in that purple jumpsuit. She's in and that purple jumpsuit. Like it was, it was insane. It was very different. And so I think they just because like there's a scene in the part in the episode back to the episode where Catwoman kisses him and she's like asking for forgiveness and Bruce is like, "Can we go yet?" Like, yeah, <laughs> she kisses. Him. I mean, she is manipulating him or trying to. And yeah, then he she just is. doesn't blink. He doesn't bat an eye, a bat lash, and then he just walks out. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go through the episodes. So yeah, let's do it. It kicks off with it's it's a very action heavy episode, and I, I feel like that's kind of par for the course with a lot of these new Batman adventures. It feels like they're aimed at a younger audience, and yeah. so they were like, "We got to dial up the action to keep this going." So this one yeah, kind does, of moves actually. at a breakneck pace. Like anytime something needs to be explained or, or like, you know, when, when there's going to be a slower moment, they kind of cut away to something else. And I think in this episode, it kind of works for at least the first two thirds of it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, she think starts that, in a you hedge maze. Right. Yeah, she does. It does start off pretty quick and it pretty much never stops the entire episode. That's well, crazy. she's being chased, which I feel like is, is she's usually the one in control and, and she has to like, you know, the episode is about her appealing to Batman for help, but uh, she gets in over her head. We see her running away with a statue and there are these, they kind of look like League of Shadows, Rachel Ghoul, 
you they're know, like, goons, but they have Wolverine hands. Say, they're like Wolverine and League of Shadows got together and like had a baby. And they do like <laughs> a sick Heil once. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Just once, though. Just once. And it's it's kind of like weird because they do it and then their claws like come out as a secondary feature. It's like, so. you know, the Heil was probably enough, but <laughs> surprised that you got away with that on TV. But most of the time you can't say, oh, my God. Yeah. I think WB was maybe more lenient than Fox was. Yeah. So they we saw some blood every now and then. Yeah. Not in this episode though. No. Even no, though no, no. Batman got scratched Batman gets, up a like, bunch shredded. of shredded. Just the costume, not his skin. Yeah. That cat was dainty for a giant saber tooth monster. <laughs> yeah. But we start with her being. Uh, I actually thought it was a very cool reveal. Like there's a machete that stabs through yeah. the bushes and almost gets mm-hmm. her, and she's running away, and she gets cornered by a panther mm-hmm. with green eyes, no pupils. Suddenly, Catwoman tames the panther. It's got pupils, and because she's friendly to all cats. Yeah, that's another. Uh, that's another kind of going back to the thing I was talking about. It's another component of Catwoman that I think that they just really weren't sure. Because it's like she kind of has a superpower, but it's never really explicitly said she that seems it's like a she's superpower. really good with cats. That that's the only part of the episode that feels a little goofy, kid showy. Yeah. Um, well, I bought it with the panther, weirdly enough. I was okay with the... I was like, okay, maybe the panther, like, maybe she tamed it. But then when the saber-toothed tiger comes in later and she does it again... It felt like a cop-out. And I know they were yeah. setting it up with the panther, like, that's why the panther's there. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it would have been a much cooler moment where it's like, you can't get away from everything using this nice kitty <laughs> tactic. Yeah. It's interesting. I Yeah. It's an interesting thing that they do with her. It's... Yeah, it's her special power, her secret superpower, I guess. So she does that. She sicks the panther on them now. Or is it a jaguar? I don't know. It's My a son, black who's cat. like way into biology, constantly corrects me that like panthers are just black jaguars. Oh, really? He says. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know. I'm, there's probably like a biologist who's going to tell us that's wrong. Got a lot of biology fans, <laughs> uh, biologist fans on the of the show. Yeah, they are. They're constants. One of the top biology podcasts. But um, yeah, I think that's what my son, my five-year-old, by the way, constantly tells me. I loved animals. I knew way more about every kind of shark when I was his age. I had wonder, zoo books. <laughs> not to get that topic, I wonder if it'll go away because he's so into it right now. And I'm like, I he's into it the way I was into Batman. And it's like, obviously, it stuck for me. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see if it if this kind of if he ends up doing a job like this or not. We'll I'll check back you. in in 20 yeah. years. Uh, in 20 the reunion years. episode. <laughs> uh, so Catwoman, you know, runs away. I think this is her last appearance in the animated series, technically, except for that chase me short that was included mm-hmm. on Mystery of the Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that was like a a garbled jumble of nerdy things to say. <laughs> I the, I the chase me short though is one of my favorite Catwoman things just about because them. it's just her it's just her and the music that they I know you've interviewed the music um the dynamic the music dynamic partners music partners three of the composers um, for the show the music on it it's so good yeah like, actually Christopher drives. Carter did the music for this episode too. I think she tames an animal in that one too doesn't she because they like land in the zoo and she like she doesn't tame him she sicks an animal on Batman anyway she's good with animals yeah but she's not good enough because she's running away at this point um and i think that then we cut to like batman right he's like Mm kind of dealing with a couple of goons who have the worst lie of all times they're like with their masks like it's a a fashion statement 
I that made me laugh. Uh, it's a great line, but some of the jokes don't always hit because mm-hmm. you know a lot of these guys are action writers writing for comedy. But I think some of them who have like more comedic chops, some of these lines work, and that one did. Yeah, just goofy like, uh, yeah, uh, it's a fashion statement, and I'm trying to. Oh yeah, we're locksmiths. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the masks are a uh, fashion statement. Yeah, so I was like oh, that's a fun joke to throw in a pretty action. Does Batman even reply? No, he just like he, he just like, like flies away. He's yeah. like, all right, I'm uh, hanging you guys from a lamppost or a building or whatever. Hope somebody have, he finds have you. Time for that? Batman ain't got time for that. And yeah, there's like some nice boarding Batman shadow as he like kind of flies over the mm-hmm. Batmobile, gets back, gets to the Batmobile. Guess who's in there? Catwoman. How did she get in the Batmobile? Yeah, she's a master <laughs> locksmith. Well, but also, like, wasn't she being pursued by a group of ninjas? Right. She, honestly, oh, yeah, like, she was cornered in an alleyway. I wondered if I had missed it. I was like, did I zone out for a second and miss the... But then I rewound, re- rewound it, rewinded it, and she just it just cuts hard into it. I think so. they're just skipping. Yeah, they're like, really, there's a lot packed into this 20 minutes. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah. But uh, she's, you know, you know, like, I need your help. You know, and he's like, okay, cool. I know a place where you can be safe. Jail wouldn't be safe for me. Safe from what? Gunshots <laughs> outside the Batmobile, forcing him into some sort of chase with these, you know, kind of uh, Wolverine League of Shadows guys on mm-hmm. motorcycles. With ambiguous kind of Australian accents? I couldn't tell. Irish? I don't know. There's the one scene where they take, the one guy gets his mask pulled off. And I was like, he just looks like a normal dude. And for some, I don't know, like, I mean, I was expecting underneath the mask, like, thug, more thuggy. But I was like, this guy could be an accountant for I mean, all hey, know. it's a cult. Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah, those are the types of people inducted into cults. Just buy some white Nikes and then wear a cat mask and claws. That's so, it. Yeah. And we it's have actually the leader of the cat cult is Thomas Blake, who in the comics is Catman. Yeah, which I thought was cool, actually. I thought it was a nice a nice little wink to... Because Catman, he's, he's been... He's a pretty unpopular character up until, like... As far as comics are concerned, like 2000. Secret and- Six, I feel like, is mm-hmm. when people started liking it. That was like one of the brief periods where I was reading DC comics consistently. Guys, I'm back in. Been <laughs> catching up on Snyder stuff. It's pretty great. I get it. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Calm down, everybody. Tom Just- King, great. <laughs> Tom King stuff is good, too. The detective stuff is very good. The new yeah. Henry and that, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, he like... Even in like, he appears in Arrow in like 2002 or something, hmm. one of the comics. And he's like fat and overweight. And like the whole joke of him is like how washed up he is. And so that would have been the Catman that was around basically at the time of this episode. So I think that they're, from their perspective, like using him in this capacity as like leader of a cat cult kind of a cool idea. Yeah, they're like, I physically imagine them throwing us an Easter egg. They're like, here you go. Yeah. Here you guys go. Yeah. You know Thomas Blake. If you don't. Well, he's a different character for the animated series. Yeah, if you don't, you know it doesn't really matter. It still works, but if you know him, you're like, hey, Catman. So. And I love cult stuff in general. It's fun to see a cult episode, even if we were kind of like rushed through it. I don't, I don't think we get too many of those in Batman. There's that. I was like, just trying to think if there was any other. One of those real... early episodes, Prophecy of Doom. It's, oh, a, it's yeah, about a bogus cult, but I love mm-hmm. that these guys really do. <laughs> I mean, it's they worship stealing they worship <laughs> and cats. cats and yeah. stealing which is when i say this out loud sounds pretty silly 
I think it sounds like a great idea. But the fact that they mash up kind of like medieval looking architecture, gothic, like cat sort of uh, gargoyles. You know, when, when Catwoman eventually gets kidnapped, like the thing leering over her as she looks up. And is, it kind of looked like a bat, too. Like it yeah. had a very bat vibe going on that big statue. I so. mean, you know, it's only one letter away. <laughs> That's true. Catman, Batman. There we go. We did it. We made a connection that's never been made before. So. Oh, and they're being chased. I remember the, the Batmobile has a wheel that can just, it has a spare tire that inflates itself. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they, they kind of wacky races, <laughs> throw some tacks out there, it pops a wheel, and it's just, it's just like, it's a cool a little grounded have. feature that it could, you know, cool Batmobile thing. I'd see that in a movie. That'd What's be fun. What's the mechanic's name that does all Batman's Batmobile? Um, all I know is that he worked for the Penguin. Yeah, or no, was he, was yeah. not worked for him, but like got you yeah. Know, well, that's something that messed over. That's something that he he did. So I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, guys, hey, tweeted us. Uh, yeah. Hashtag. Well, there's mechanic. <laughs> yeah. That, hashtag mechanic. Very big. I don't even have hashtag. a joke, and the joke is already made in every other podcast where it's like hashtag joke thing. Uh, <laughs> so just hashtag it mechanic joke thing, and, and we'll find out who it is. And I don't <laughs> want to Google search it. Yeah, it's on there. It's in that one episode. Anyway, sorry. Yes, it's a cool feature though. Let's see. So from there, what happens? Oh, they kind of make a deal. Basically, if Batman helps Selena out, she'll return everything she's stolen. And I think there's a fun little philosophy line from her. She's like, that's my life's work you're talking about. So at least in this episode, that's what's important to mm-hmm. her, like stealing everything. She She's played more as like a kind of compulsive, you know, th- thiever. Well, there's a word for that. There's a... Actually, thiever's as good as I can come up with. Oh. Compulsive. You know, when thief? you steal stuff. No, it's like... Robber? a uh, Nope. That's also a good word. <laughs> You know, like like if they were diagnosing somebody. Well, like a condition? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she <sighs> has that compulsive. It, there's even, yeah, there's a few episodes like where she tries to quit in the original animated series. And she, she just always, can't quit. Yeah, she just can't quit it. But she has like these longing looks at jewels and stuff, which is nice. <laughs> She's <laughs> horny for jewels. <laughs> she loves them jewels. Nothing turns me on more than a jewel in a window. I'm Catwoman. <laughs> you sound like a guy from the Robin Hood cartoon back in the Disney days. Well, buddy, I'm way older than you thought I was. That was me. I'm 70. Or I redubbed every video you watched. Remember that clamshell Robin Hood? Yeah, it was kind of that fucked up. That was me. That's why. Uh, so she agrees. They, I think they end up at Catwoman's Lair, which is like the pretty kitty import factory, which I think is a reference to Almost Got Him. Oh yeah, you could totally be right about right? that. Like, yeah, I think they even, even go into that. the furnace. Like they have to climb out of the furnace that Catwoman right. was crap. like. She's rolling on these, uh, uh-huh. you know, like that conveyor belt into a furnace, which also I think is similar to like an old '60s Adam West Batman totally. sort of thing. Yeah, very much. But I didn't realize until rewatching it now that I, I think that that was a callback to that, which is kind of cool that Catwoman has taken the place that Harley Quinn and the Joker used as a death trap for her and it's like take back the factory this is now my fucking lair we're going here i own this shit (laughs) she probably had nightmares though for the first few weeks living there i mean sure and also the fact that she sleeps in a kitty litter factory (laughs) or cat food factory (laughs) i don't know there's old rotten bags of kitty litter all around Mm, but they make good pillows (laughs) it's me cat woman and i sound like this wanna kiss Uh. batman (laughs) 
Um, yeah, that's true. I didn't even make that connection. That's a great observation. I totally, I bet you're completely right about that. That's maybe. Nice, I mean, we'll I'm going to say. Guys, yes. hashtag, uh, this is already a joke mechanic. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> But they, they look up that, like, you know, there's a cult, and it's like their holiest right was theft. They worshipped cats. It's like, great. There's a nice Venn diagram for you. This I'm is sure. pre-Court of Owls. Uh, I'm sure there's a real-life cult, though, that has to be built around theft, right? Probably. Well, I mean, I think every cult kind of is. Yeah, I guess in They're a way. They're just <laughs> inducting you into, you know, some sort of the, pyramid scheme. The theft of your lives. Mm. Uh, lives. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a cool idea, but uh, yeah, hmm. I liked Thomas Blake. I like that Bruce describes him as major league psycho. Yeah, lives for revenge, which I didn't ever really see that necessarily play out. No, he was actually kind of uh, he was, the nicer one. <laughs> yeah, the other lady's like, we should kill him. He's like, well, hold on a second. Who? Let's... Side note. So I looked up for the first time who that other woman was. She's just noted as female cultist, but her name. Let me scroll through my notes. Tasha Valenza. She also played Miriam in Baby Doll, like that kind of karate chopping oh, really? sidekick, like yeah. the woman who was just kind of like yeah, yeah, looked like a normal just always person, hanging. and then yeah. yeah, hanging out with this <laughs> woman that dresses up like a little girl. Uh, <laughs> and she also had some other parts in Batman Beyond, but she voices Poison Ivy in the Arkham and Injustice video games. Oh, cool! So hmm. that's a fun, fun little factoid. That's why you tune into this show, so you don't have a to little, do that internet research yourself. Little bits of trivia, just like that. Still won't figure out who the mechanic's name is until we get to that episode i don't know what his name is yeah it's something i think it starts with an e i think catwoman says though that thomas blake is like kind of cute like they still are playing her as like i guess i don't know why she's like always kind of like this i don't know if there's something wrong with it but it feels like at this point problematic if that's your defining characteristic and you're a female character yeah, yeah, it's kind of what's that test called? Where Bechdel the, test? Yeah, the Bechdel test. Yeah, I mean, I guess she passes it because she does talk about other things, but but I guess she never really talks about it with another woman though, so it doesn't pass it then. Nope, failed. Uh, but she does, you know, she 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 kind of uses her her wiles to manipulate people. She's always the one in control, um, and she loves jewels. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's what it's really about: horny for jewels. So Hashtag horny for jewels. Yeah, send that. <laughs> Uh, so they, they end up crawling into that furnace. That's, there's never like, they, cause they have to escape after, oh yeah, they have like a sniper dot show up. Oh yeah, that that's right. That was nice. Yeah. That was forehead. Cool. Like the minute that there's any downtime within 20 seconds, something happens. And I think that that's like a testament to this episode just chugging forward. Yeah. It moves real fast. Cause you, you cause they basically, they throw off the ninjas. They go to her lair and Batman says his line about Thomas Blake and then the dot appears, and we're like, yep, back in it again. It never slows down. Throws a smoke bomb. That was kind of cool seeing mm-hmm. these roving oh, yeah, that was lasers, cool, yeah. uh-huh. and then they crawl into this death trap that would have killed Catwoman earlier. Mm-hmm. We're assuming mm-hmm. it's the same factory. And almost kills her again here. Yeah, I so. mean, guys, don't crawl in a goddamn <laughs> furnace. We saw what happened in every other time people crawled in a furnace. Yeah, it, it's, I don't think it's ever worked out for anybody to be like, let me get in that furnace and get out of here. Because nope. someone's always just like, I'm going to turn on that furnace. And then there Remember it is. Look what happened in Home Alone. That furnace is a monster in some boy's imagination. And here, it is a real version of that. It's a living. His mouth should have did that like chompy thing. Can we tell Stan and Paul we're on first name basis with them guys yeah. on the chomping thing uh, so they crawl in there that's our act one. Oh, there's a cool like you know Batman cat actually that is a really cool shot where they like turn red I love it yeah that's yeah. cool it was really this was a really well boarded episode I think there's some cool 
stuff in there that you don't see as much in in the new Batman adventures. I feel like uh, there's there's less time for those kinds of shots, and and I feel like there's a lot of attention to detail. The use of light in the original animated series was so prevalent all the time. I mean, you'd have these things where Batman would get hit by a beam or reflecting of the Lazarus Pit or whatever, and then it a lot of that disappears. And they did that in this episode, though. There's but, a lot of like cool like window, like yeah, they brought window it back. stuff for like this episode. I felt like it was like back in swing again, where we had a lot of these like reflections and things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, so, yeah. She wakes up now. We're in Act 2. They kidnapped her. She's surrounded by that cool gothic cat, maybe bat, stonework, Egyptianish mm-hmm. imagery. She's chained. It feels like very Conan the Barbarian, like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom light. Yeah. Which, though, the cult aspect of this, specifically that cult aspect, being in this like dungeon, is probably my favorite part about the episode. Yeah. Just because I just love, like, if you go back to Batman way back in the first, in the very beginning, like, detective um, early comics and stuff, it's all that. Like, Batman's, every villain he goes up against has, like, some dark gothic mansion, like, on the suburbs of Gotham that the, he has to go in and, like, fight, like, I mad love, scientists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the fact that they're, everybody's hiding that in their brownstone. Dr. Death. Yeah, being Dr. One of Death. the first Batman villains, mm-hmm. which I finally dug, you know, deep enough into Snyder's run Scott Snyder's run on Batman that his reimagining of Dr. Death is one of my favorite new old Batman villains. Like, yeah, it's such a cool take on the character. And he shows up in, is it the zero year, right? Is that where Dr. Uh-huh. Death shows up? Yeah. Which is, which is a great, yeah. It's, and he also, I think crazy quilt also shows up there too. But anyway, um, yeah, it's really good. It's, but I love the, like, and I think if you look at like Bruce, Tim and their team, a lot of the episodes, especially from the animated series, reflected the 70s Batman. Like, reflect a lot of the Denny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams era stuff. Like, you those know? guys grew up on that iteration yeah. of Batman, and they were like, Batman is serious. But to them, that was what serious was. Yeah. And then if you go back and look at, like, those guys, and you read our interviews with those guys, like, there's an interview with Denny O'Neill where he talks about, um, and Neil Adams, they talk about their whole purpose was to try and bring Batman back to almost Batman when they were growing up, which was like way back when he first premiered. They want to get back to his roots and back to what Bill Finger was doing, where it's like very dark. And so it's like, it's almost like every great iteration of Batman tends to be pushing him back to his roots like this. And I think the Gothic castles and cults and all this stuff are like all part of that. So I love that kind of stuff. I mean, it also just shows that there's no right or wrong version of Batman. There are bad takes on it, but I think dark versus light, I think both are fair representations i love comedy batman i love brave and the bold i love adam west but i also and also the animated series is funny too i mean it's definitely full of darkness but there's a lot of humor in it uh but i love all the dark stuff i I just don't like relying on one over the other only um i think that's at least for me the problem with a lot of the like snyder stuff is it's just it feels dark for dark sake because pretty happy yeah, yeah, and, and at least it doesn't earn the heaviness with character development, mm-hmm. and that's what I want from a dark thing. Yeah, with uh, um, and not Scott Snyder. No, Zach not Scott Snyder. Snyder. Zach Snyder. Scott yes, Snyder is also pretty damn dark, but he does such a good. Snyder's job. Uh, Scott Snyder is super heavy as well, but it comes with a very like you you earn it. But Scott or uh, Zach Snyder is definitely kind of more. Well, Zero Year has is full of color. I, I, I read one of the backups, pink. like one of the scripts, and like 
you know, they include in the trade paperbacks and it's like, Hey, we want to make this a retelling of Batman's origins in a way that's unlike anything else. And they have like purples and oranges a lot, but it's still dark. Yeah. It's very it's, cool. It's cool. We could talk about this for a while. But yeah, we could go off. Uh, but one more thing really quickly. Yes. Uh, talking about just the different iterations of Batman. Like that was kind of the idea when I did Saturday morning, Batman, that was like what kind of started for me. Cause I was like, I was sitting with my son, we were watching Batman and I put in Batman, the animated series to watch with him. And he was like, dad, I don't want to watch this Batman. I want to watch my Batman. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is what's his Batman brave and the bold. He loves brave and the bold. And so when he did that though, like I had this whole, like, cause I was like, no, Batman animated series is the only Batman. That's like, the, that's the best one. Like, and I'd seen all the other shows and I love them, but I was like, that's the one, this is, this should be your Batman. And when he, when he was like, I want to watch my Batman, it like opened my eyes to this whole other world of like, depending on what kind of person you are, yeah. there's like a Batman for you. And there's like, so if you like the lighthearted, like kind of funny Batman, like if you're a little kid, Batman Brave and the Bull is like perfect. If you are more serious, like you've got the animated series, even like Beware the Batman, which has a really weird animation style, is actually a really great series once you like dive into it and get going through. So that was kind of the whole genesis of the Saturday Morning Batman was to kind of show off all these different kinds of Batman and talk about you know, the Batman versus the movies versus this versus that and stuff. So yeah, any person who's like, there's only one Batman. This is the right Batman is. Hey, sorry, buddy, but you're wrong. It's crazy. <laughs> That's like the whole, the whole founding of the, the guy is that he's got all kinds of different types. You cannot so. like a Batman for sure. Oh yeah. I don't like Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. Like I love all Batman things. It's the only thing I just, I can, yeah, it's I, just weirdly somehow boring. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's possible with the amount of craziness going on in the yeah, movie, but it's yeah. just kind of a slog to it's get just, through. It's it's like it's hard. You can't even like Mystery Science Theater it. Like you can't really watch it with like a bunch of jokes because you're like, this yeah, is just I tried tough. to because we watched Batman Forever, uh, you know, recently, and I was like, oh, you know what? This is fun to watch with a group. Like, yeah, I don't, you know, it feels kind of like the updated version of Adam West Batman style jokes. Uh, you know, it, through a filter of Joel Schumacher, but the Batman and Robin is just like it's, a fuck mess it's it's hard to watch it's hard to watch well back to cult anyway back to cult yes which uh catwoman's in her own fucking mess so she's you know kind of playing this cult leader she's like oh you know like uh i could join this cult she looks up sees these jewels (laughs) (laughs) she's horny for rubies (laughs) i gotta get those rubies uh so she eventually you know convinces at least thomas blake that she is serious about joining the cult and even though the female cultist is like no way she's playing you <laughs> yeah she's I'm gonna be the only voice of reason in this crazy cult and he like he eats it up though he says some pretty suggestive stuff like it's like in an hour we'll have the blood ritual or whatever uh and then like she, he leaves her in a bedroom and he's like there's a lot that we could do in an hour and it's <laughs> yeah. like uh whoa okay kid show there's a lot we could do in 10 minutes. There's a lot I can do in 45 seconds maximum. I, Thomas Blake, I I come really fast. They call me old Thomas 45 Blake. And it's because of my Colt 45, nothing to do with my refractory period or the amount of time it takes for me to get off. Um, cool, great. Dove into a sex joke. There's got to be at least one. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. So, oh yeah, so... 
we have this kind of brief, awesome, terrifying Bruce moment in the cave, like, tell me where Catwoman is. You know, we just hear his voice echoing. I love that, because he could have just as easily hung him off the side of a building. It's so much more work to bring him <laughs> to the like, Batcave. Yeah, he takes a lot of effort, but it's like, that's the man's commitment to the theater. Yep. Like, he was like, you want to see my favorite animal and sends those bats out at him? I was like, that's solid. That's pretty good. It's awesome. Guy trips backwards. You know, it's the classic Batman-inspiring fear. Yeah, and then he shoots he his wants. grappling down, which just grabs his ankle. Just perfect. Amazing that people's ankles don't break more when he just, does that. It should just split through oh, one. It sh- I mean, honestly, like that that's probably what would happen in real life more. Yeah, if you time. just shot like a hook at some guy's ankle and just were like, grab on. I mean, I guess. Ooh, that would hurt. But One of my favorite early Venture Brothers jokes is uh, they fire a grappling hook to catch Dr. Venture uh, while he's falling. You know, I think it's in like some big beehive or orange shaped thing i don't know but they they pull out to reveal that the grappling hook just went through his leg <laughs> and it's like pinning him there uh, yeah I'm that's fine that's basically that's basically what would happen that's pretty funny it was perfect uh so moving on i don't know what happened i may have just deleted all of my notes permanently oh cool oh it's fine uh well, I think we're good we're it's good. it's pretty much like then catwoman goes back to her bedroom right mm-hmm. or we cut like she she gets thomas blake out of her bedroom and then she's immediately immediately yeah, she's like she gives him like a real nice excuse she's like i need to what'd she say rest? i need to prepare <laughs> yeah prepare. there's some preparation I which need he's to told do. her nothing about what this process is nope. so she <laughs> her preparing is basically just hanging out and then she immediately starts to rob them. Yes. Door shuts. She grabs a pillow, pulls the pillow out of it, just starts pillowcasing the joint. Yep. Just starts. And then poor Batman comes in to help her. Selena. <laughs> just whispering <laughs> at the door. He just should have thrown some rocks at her window and been holding like a boom box over his head. Just playing the Batman theme song. It's like, huh, so it is in continuity. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, she she's trying to hide from him that he's steal- she's stealing and he's like, ah, I knew it. You motherfucker. I like this part, though, because it's one of the few parts where she, she like, breaks down. And I, like, even as, even knowing that she's pretty much playing him, like, I kind of bought into it a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, she does just want to stop. Like, she really can't. And then as soon as he, like, turns his back on her, she just freaking whacks him with that pillowcase. I see. Yeah, I love that she plays him here. I don't know why he falls for it, but I think, I guess that's his weakness with, I think, Every, you know, whatever, every, every Batman rogue kind of brings their own, uh, shines a light on Batman's weaknesses or, or a side of him. And uh, perhaps he is, this is him being too trusting. Yeah, Batman. His his propensity to want people to change and believe in them. Uh, and the Bruce Tim Batman is very much that way. That's what I love about like, him. Like Baby Doll, like a lot of them, he constantly is trying to reform the villains. He's not about just shoving them in Arkham. Yep. Um, so I think he's a bit of a sucker for that kind of stuff. A and good we, sucker. It's a good thing. Oh, but, yeah. Batman's but, a good sucker. Yeah, it's a good sucker. But I think that, you know, when Catwoman breaks the tears out, he, he buys right into it. And Even like, though they, they did seem like obvious crocodile tears to me, but if it worked on you, then I it think it worked on, on other audience members. Maybe yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't trust you. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of a sucker for Catwoman, though, too. I love that character, so I was like, yeah, it's true. Okay, she you're does. right. You can't stop. She can't stop, and it's just hard for her. And she does seem like she's genuinely going to, she's like, now to get you out of here? She's trying to drag his body out when mm-hmm. she gets she, caught. Yeah, she has no, I think she has no interest in him getting hurt. No, she was just like, up you can't it. get in the way of me stealing my jewels. Yeah. I'm horny for jewels. Well, and if you remember, too, in the Batmobile, he basically makes her promise that she won't, that she'll return everything. If she if he helps her because right and so him showing up there if he helps get her out she basically will be forced to 
live good on that. And so she's like, I can get out by myself right now. I don't need his help. I'm going to knock him out. That way I can steal these, keep the jewels I've stolen, be on my way. Downfall is wanting just the extra bit. Greed. Yeah. So she's found, and I I do, I I kind of bought into, I liked the delivery of like, what is he doing here? It's like, uh, he tried to rescue me. Like, that's the truth. Uh, yeah. And that works well, and he's like, "Good, like now you're you're part of the initiation. We have our blood sacrifice, yeah, which they we never really got to see what her initiation would have been. Had. Yeah, especially if he wasn't going to kill her. Yeah, it would have been some sort of goofy dance, probably <laughs> some kind of cat thing. We <laughs> love cats and stealing <laughs> stuff. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's a Broadway musical. He just has one of those giant cat homes that cats live on. It's carpeted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to work your way to the top and get a diamond." And then take a nap. <laughs> and then shit in a box full of sand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they end up, or at least Batman wakes up in kind of a gladiator style pit, which again is cool mm-hmm. that this is yeah. kind of in what I imagine it's in is the, like a Gotham brownstone or it's something. It's in the basement of like a mansion, yes. basically, which I'm imagining is in probably in the neighborhood of Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at Wayne Manor with a bat cave hidden underneath it. This one with a like coliseum hidden underneath yeah. it. it's like these mansions man they're roomy and those guys those those cat you know cult people are just kind of casually sitting on <laughs> the edge hanging just out, watching like, him yeah it's very casual and they're fun. so excited to see some bloodletting mm-hmm. um and Catwoman's kind of like just lounging in one of the big chairs throne chair yeah yeah which i think totally ticks i think uh, i do like the fact that she's kind of ticking off that nameless woman ninja because mm-hmm. it's just like she totally i mean that's got to be her chair there's two of those big oh, throw chairs definitely. it's probably normally her so having catwoman lounge on that just probably further just like twist in that knife yeah, female into her. cultist which is her legal name uh <laughs> is very upset about this yeah she's not digging it so and then they release the you know this creature like our geneticists have been working on this for years it's amazing what you can do with some gene splicing and I love that they have a hand-cranked door. Uh, it's very medieval. <laughs> it's nice. Well, not even medieval. I guess maybe it's like Roman, like a Roman Colosseum sort of thing. Didn't they like raise tigers and, and like kind of flood stages in a theatrical battle back then? I'm going to say yes, but I truly, I truly This is me know. trying to recall back to 10th grade. I basically know what I know from Gladiator the movie. Yeah. It's, that was all so, factual. And that was based on truth. I so. think there was some truth. Uh, <laughs> so it's Batman versus a giant saber-toothed tiger cat, which is most of what i remember whenever i think of this episode it's like oh yeah that's the one where we fought a giant mutant cat and i am not usually a fan of batman fighting giant animals critters and things like that like it's not really my favorite thing but i actually don't mind it here for some weird reason i'm okay with this like i I was like yeah okay it's kind of cool like they i could see a cat cult having one of those on hand so (laughs) i mean it's fun at this point in the series batman has met a demon Mm, uh, he's true. met the demon Etrigan. That's true. He's fought a bunch of other genetically modified giant monsters. And, uh, you know, well, that th- calendar girl, that's a crazy villain. Yeah, Mean Seasons. Yeah, I I read somewhere, and you probably know this is true. I might have even actually might have heard on your podcast, but it's like I read that they weren't, they like had a pretty hard rule on the animated series. There was no magic, right? Is that true? Yeah, the original run. The on original like they run. They did pitch, I think, a, a vampire story. Yeah, and so I think when like... The new Batman Adventures happened, and I think that rule was lifted with like Demon. I think they were like, "We're gonna put every giant animal and well, magic creature that we up can." To, I think it was in the same universe as Superman. And the moment yeah. you open it up like that, it's like, "Well, we should be able to 
bend the rules a little bit that we started. Like now the rest of the world is kind of opened up. If Metropolis exists and there are all these guys and there's like a toxic parasite guy absorbing people's memories and powers. Yeah. And a guy who shoots lasers out of his eyes. Batman could fight a genetically modified giant cat. It would be kind of weird if he wasn't. Because if you had one, you had these two main cities in this country and one of them just is constantly plagued with like weird sci-fi mutant problems and the other one's just like, yeah, our, our burglars are clowns. Like it would we be- got clown burglars, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they need, I feel like as, as the Superman world became more prevalent, they had, the Gotham had to somewhat keep up with that to some weird, yeah, to keep consistency. Yeah, it made it feel natural that they felt it felt like they were actually in the same universe rather mm-hmm. than completely separate. Yeah. Of course, Catwoman helps out immediately. She kind of Captain America shield throws to Batman. Yeah, I thought about then that. Jams it, slams it on this giant cat's head, and it crashes into a pillar. <coughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, Batman gets slashed up. No flesh wounds. No flesh wounds. You know, no blood. Uh-uh. But his uniform's just like freaking shredded, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, and he's buff, though. Yeah. He's freaking Funny ripped. thing, Batman's buff. <laughs> he's, he's ripped. Weird. Yeah, weird like that, huh? He must work out. Um, Yeah, then the cat turns on the cultists at that point. Well, yeah, because the magic Catwoman powers. pulls her nice kitty routine. Actually, I think she doesn't say that. Batman says that at one point, and it doesn't really do much, but... She, yeah, is able to soothe and calm this cat, which I get it. We only have 22 minutes, maybe less, to uh, find a solution. But, you know, that that just felt like the hokier. It was like kind of a dissatisfying ending. I wish that we saw there's something nice when it comes from the character. Mm-hmm. Like it comes from Catwoman as a character and not from like a quote unquote power. Yeah. Uh, it's like, cool. If Superman, you know, lasered everybody away with his heat vision, that technically he can do that but that's less satisfying than seeing him go through some sort of emotional struggle yeah yeah and i wanted kind of catwoman to you know have a realization at least or at some point and maybe use that against the cat i don't know it would have been nice to have i mean she even when she leaves the throne and jumps into the pit to help batman yeah like i was kind of i was like just push the dude into the pit and like you know yeah like but she i just wanted her to do something that kind of it showed a little bit of growth or understanding that she kind of made, maybe she shouldn't steal as much or maybe she needs to care about others, but she kind of just manages to like fumble her way through the finale, jumps in, helps Batman out. And then she's kind of like off on her own to, you know, to lay on a bed in Paris with jewels and cat Paris, food surrounded by jewels and brought cat her cat with her. I mean, to be fair, I do think it's not fair, but I think I think it is cool that Catwoman gets away with it. You never see the villains get away. And she is kind of a hero. I think we want her to win as much as we want Batman to win. So the only way they can both win is that they both get away with stuff, sort of. And at least Batman didn't die, which the new Batman Adventures Catwoman is like the most villainous we get of Catwoman, really. I mean, almost every time you see her, she's always right on the edge of like being good mm-hmm. you know it's only with the new batman adventures that she really starts becoming kind of somewhat more villainous where she manipulates nightwing in that other episode and then she in this one she's you know kind of manipulates batman and stills it she's you know usually she was with red claw and all this stuff she plays more of an anti-hero mm-hmm. so and but, what else happens in this i think that's pretty much it there's a batman versus thomas blake there's mm-hmm. female cultist legal name versus <laughs> catwoman yep. uh, which is a real short fight yes very <laughs> short fight they're like we're running out of time we got to get through <laughs> yep. a lot of stuff she just basically pushes her 
pushes her and like it kind of drapes. There's like a nice moment. Oh, like that's her dress right. She throws over her. She but it's throws like, the robe down on her, I guess. Or also Thomas Blake. I mean, obviously it's a kid's show, so of course he's not dead. So we have that keep alive groan. Yeah. <laughs> the way, the cat full body pounces him from outside of the gladiator pit into the pit smashing his, <laughs> on his human chair. body <laughs> yeah cat that cat's like at least as big as batman too so that cat's gotta be much bigger 400 pounds and also the cat pounds. gets hurt in the process yeah. somehow <laughs> the cat's like Pow! and like just and then he just gets knocked out as well no that's a cat um, like jumping off a table in real life just if you if you yeah. just grow it i don't <laughs> yeah. know why the cat's hurt uh, yeah it's but, just be able to land on its feet and just hop off and run away he so. wanted a cat nap but yeah, he would be dead. But no, we got a nice keep alive crone mm-hmm, for so. both of them. And then we cut to outside. Uh, we see like you know Blake is being wheeled out in like <laughs> on life support, which is actually like okay. We never see him again in the series. No, so this was one of the last he, episodes. Yeah, he probably doesn't walk again. I He's think in a coma. Yeah. That's the reality. We also see the cat uh, being wheeled away, and there's a great <laughs> moment with Gordon where it's like, so do you imagine the cat will end up at the zoo? And Gordon's like, I guess so. Or he says <laughs> yeah, something he's like, like, it's like, so, oh, he's so over it. He's like, our zoo is so full of weird. <laughs> and I have to come here to scoop up a giant mutated cat and some cult I didn't know existed. Yeah, he was just probably at home having dinner. Or well, he's probably in bed, I guess. But yeah, he... I bet their zoo's full of the weirdest stuff, too. Oh, yeah. If all those Farmer Brown animals are yeah, anywhere. all the Farmer Brown animals, this cat, the dude from Tiger Tiger, they're probably all in the, in the zoo. <laughs> yeah, there's the weird animal exhibit <laughs> at the zoo, and they're all in one small pen. This animal was uh, caught on an island where he was uh, once a human or a cat. So. He's sad. Let's just say he's sad. <laughs> he shows back up, by the way, in the co- in the comic book. He makes a reappearance. Oh, yeah, he does in the Batman Adventures comics. With the wolf. That's what I love about... Yeah, I think there's like a man bat. There's a man bat, Night of the Wolf, and Tigress. Yeah, all their mammals are thrown together. Which is kind of a cool thing to do. I thought a lot of those early comics, uh, not even early comics, a lot of the comics did a good job of like continuing stories with attention to detail, which... I think some of the I think the like Justice League Adventures comics were like a little less yeah high quality. It was more kitty oriented, but like Dan Slott's run on Batman mm-hmm. Adventures, like the it was basically like the fifth season. Yeah, yeah. Is such a great if you guys haven't read it, read it. It's a bummer. It's only like twenty one, maybe seventeen issues. Yeah. But he kind of time jumps from the new Batman Adventures and like the penguin is mayor mm-hmm. and he really does a good job of developing kind of like an interlocking story and Yeah, they did a nice job because there was like there was also the uh there was like a short run of like five issues that was like called like the lost years or something. Uh-huh. That was like basically They adapted it into They adapted into the episode. Um Old Wounds. Old Wounds, yeah. And it was basically the Nightwing story, which I loved. They did great stuff, Mad Love. I mean, a lot of the stuff started in comics. It was one of the few comics I ever got on a subscription service in the mail where it would come and Me it was too. like it would come and it would be all ruined every time of it course so yeah sad. it's like i'm trying to support you directly and you're sending and you're me s- garbage <laughs> and you're sending it to me in a plastic bag that is just getting shredded in the in the process to get here but well i mean that was a, probably because your postman had wolverine claws <laughs> yeah he was a cult of the cat member yeah, he doesn't like he just didn't like us because we were mean to him well, I think we did it. I think I this think is it. That we right? went through the full episode. Yeah. You feel like you were able to unload all of your Batman fandom into I feel one. like I probably unloaded way too much. I think no, everyone this listening is exactly what everyone we listening's want. like, we get it. You know about Batman. Thanks. Hey, but you're officially the first Patreon backer turned podcast episode. There is a reward that has been a long time coming. <laughs> hey all you Patreon fans, it's time to get real and your have time is coming. Happening. Your time is nigh. 
I've been proud to support your Patreon. Hey, thanks. For, uh, this is honestly like one of my, it's not one of my favorite podcasts. It is my favorite podcast. I love this podcast. So you're doing a great job. Well, I'm glad it's, it's back. Thanks for yeah. coming on the show and talking about it officially. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. And so. check out Saturday Morning Batman on Instagram. Yep, at Saturday Morning Batman on Instagram and at Saturday Batman on Twitter. Because you couldn't fit the morning in there. Cool. I'll follow you on Twitter because I didn't realize you were there. Yeah. I don't post there a lot, but I am trying to post more. So. Guys, that's it. <laughs> there we go. Goodbye, Travis. Goodbye. All right, that's the show. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BTAS Podcast and me at Hey Justin. Subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Please help keep the show going by donating at patreon.com slash BTAS Podcast. I got some cool new rewards and cooler ones coming soon. Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted and co-produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo and Casey Trela helped produce the theme song. Harry Chaskin is the booming voice of this podcast. Andrew Seeley is my show producer. Emma Erdbrink is the engineer for this episode. And Matt Brousseau edited this episode. Thanks again to my guest, Travis Mydell, a.k.a. at Saturday Morning Batman. Extra special guest to This American Life producer, Tori Malatia, who I found breaking into my home the other night. He claimed... We're locksmiths, I swear. Yeah, and the mask's a, a fashion statement. <laughs> nice try, Tori. That kind of excuse might fly with Ira, but not with me, buddy. Keep your eye on the podcast, guys, as I continue covering Cult of the Cat with an interview with Batman writer Stan Berkowitz next Tuesday. Bye-bye.